Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is a Locked On NFL podcast. I am at Williamson NFL. I am at WilliamsonFootball.com. Uh, often this time of day, when we have this conversation, I say belly up to my bar, but uh, hang out here in my dorm room. <laughs> I'm at St. Vincent's College in Latrobe, PA at Steeler Minicamp, and I will be for quite some time. Go home Sunday night just for a little and then come right back up. Uh, today is Twitter Thursday. We're brought to you by Nordic Track. I told them, told you about them the other day that I have a Nordic Track behind me all the time when we have our conversations when I am home in my basement, but I am not right now, but I will tell you more about them very shortly. I told you that this is Twitter Thursday, and you guys gave me some good questions. So, nice work, nice work. Um, Mitch asked me, why do you hate the Broncos so much? <laughs> Uh, Case Keenum is a 27th ranked fantasy quarterback. Um, well, the other guys ahead of him are pretty good too. You know, I mean, I don't have a problem with Keenum. I think it was a nice pickup for Denver. I, I, I like this approach. I thought he played very well. I don't think it's going to be a high volume passing game though. I think the weapons are pretty good, but I have some concerns about the offensive line without question. Um, there's just so many good quarterbacks. I mean, if you listen to the pod, I guess you did. But I thought I explained that pretty well, that, you know, especially in the fantasy world, there's just so many highly productive quarterbacks. And and for us to overlook that, hey, Keenum before last year was, you know, a, a, a backup. I mean, so as well as he played and as much good things as I just said about him, and I loved how he played last year, and I don't think it was scheme-driven. It was on his own. But he's not a slam dunk. I mean, that's for sure. So Joe Gear asked me, name five teams in each conference guaranteed to miss the playoffs. Uh, and we've had this conversation. The NFC is unbelievably stronger than the AFC. And so I'm going to start this the way I just did when I was on the radio with uh, Adam Crawley here in Pittsburgh. We did a segment breakdown the AFC, a segment breakdown the NFC. We did the AFC first, and then I went to the NFC, and he asked me about the powerhouses in the NFC. And I said, wait, all right, Adam, who is the worst team in the NFC? And if you listen to my power ranks, you have a pretty good idea you know, who my votes are. But do this for yourself. Who's the worst team in the NFC? Hit pause for a minute, go through the divisions. Giants, Bears, Tampa, Arizona, Seattle. I think it's Seattle or Arizona, maybe the Giants, but I mean, I think that offense could be pretty good, you know, so uh, the all five, and my, where I'm going with this, is those five teams I just mentioned, if they were in the AFC, I think they're a playoff contender. I mean, that's how different the conferences are to me, like Tampa in particular. If I stuck Tampa in the NFC, AFC South or the AFC, or the AFC East, they might be the second. They are the second best team in the AFC East. I mean, they may win nine games with a tougher, easier schedule in the AFC in an easier division. So let's do five teams, I guess, in the NFC first. And while well, I just named teams, I, I'm gonna. But that's crazy. I mean, like, I'm really down on Seattle, but they do have Russell Wilson. And you know, to say that I'm, it's odd for me to come out of my mouth saying Seattle, I am guaranteeing will not go to the playoffs. But that's what I have to do for this exercise. I got to pick five. So I'll take Seattle. I'll take Arizona. I'll take the Giants based on I think their defense is going to be pretty bad. 
I'll take Tampa Bay just because I think they're probably third or fourth in that division, but they're a potential playoff caliber team. And then I guess I'll take the Bears, but I think the Bears are vastly improved and are a fun team too. So the AFC, I'm going to go with the Colts. As I've said many times, worst defense in the league. I'm going to go with the Bills. As I've said many times, worst offense in the league. But <laughs> you look around the, the, the conference, maybe only eight or nine wins can get you a wild card spot. So, like, I look at, like, Cincinnati and Baltimore. I think they're going to hover around 500 all year. And I, I wouldn't shock me if one of those two teams get in. For my third team, I will take the Browns. I mean, they've won one game out of their last in their last two seasons. I think they're better, though, but let's not ignore that they do not win games. So that's three. I got Buffalo, I got the Browns, and I got Indy. Now, teams I'm thinking about are Denver, KC, Oakland. I'm not going to say the Bengals or Browns. Jets and Dolphins are very well could be my last two choices, but I can envision a scenario where those teams win eight or nine games. I wouldn't say Tennessee. I wouldn't say Jacksonville. I would not say Houston. So I guess I'll take the Jets and Miami. So that's three teams in the AFC East. Tough question, though. Uh, I had mentioned that our friends over at Nordic Track are sponsoring us now. And we're excited about it. And I've told you I've owned a Nordic Track for some time. It's one of their elliptical machines. like it quite a bit. Uh, it sits usually behind me when I sit here and chat with you. Um, but Nordic Track is a series of trading equipment that give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your own home, which is awesome. I mean, I go to the gym a lot. Not that you'd know it by looking at me necessarily. But I'd probably be better off just staying at home and saving the time and maybe doing an extra 10 minutes on the Nordic Track as opposed to going back and forth. So, But I do use it quite a bit. Um, when I can't get to the gym, I just stroll downstairs, and it's very, very convenient. But they got treadmills, they got exercise bikes, they got incline trainers, which is what I have. I always call it an elliptical, and they have strength machines too. So, you can join high-energy streamed workouts any time of the day without stepping out of the door, which is great modern technology. Join streamed workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris, and then end with a cross training on the shores of Thailand. Which is pretty neat. Or work out on the African Safari. Hey, why not? Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fit your fitness goals. So go to nordictrack.com slash locked on. Our coupon code is locked on. All one word, all lowercase. I'm not sure that that matters 100%, but make sure you do it all lowercase just to be sure. So our special offers for all the whole Locked On Network is you get 75 bucks off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and offer the code locked on. So again, that's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K dot com slash locked on and use offer code locked on during, during checkout to save 70 bucks on your purchase. The place kicker asked me, do you see a breakout year coming from Sammy Watkins? This one I kind of have, how do you define breakout year? Um, in Buffalo, I thought he broke out. I mean, there was a stretch. 
remember he was injured all the time with the Bills. There was like a 10-game stretch, though, what, two years ago, three years ago, where I thought Sammy was one of the best receivers in football there. I mean, he showed what I thought he was coming out of school, an elite prospect. And I know it's in him. And watching him at the Rams, if you watch the All-22, he looks really, really good. And the production didn't back it up, but the scheme... He was using a decoy a lot, or you know, when they went through their progressions, Goff didn't always get to the Watkins progression. So I think he's one of the top ten receivers in the league, basically, in terms of gifts and what he can do. Um, the Chiefs apparently agree, by the way. They just gave him a lot of money. And if you're asking for fantasy... Probably not. I mean, Kelsey, Hill, Watkins, Hunt are all going to split up the pie. And, like, I think Kelsey's numbers are going to dip a little bit, even though he's no less of a breakout player. Same with Hill. I would think his targets go down, and he's dangerous as ever, but probably won't end up quite as productive this upcoming year as his last year. And I think in the end, well, I don't think this in the end. I don't know. But I'm open to the idea that they look at Watkins as their number one. Like, he may lead the Chiefs in targets. Not by a wide margin, but I think it's a good chance that he has more balls thrown his way than Kelsey. I mean, this money talks. I mean, they tell you what they think of the player by how much they pay him. They paid him a lot. Uh, keep with the Chiefs. Karate Kid asks, thoughts on Mahomes? I love him. Uh, he was my number one quarterback in that draft class. Um, ag- aggressive, uber talented. The obvious reports coming out late are, I think he's thrown seven picks in six practices and screwed up a play call or two. And, you know, he's struggling. He- he's swimming. And that's kind of what I kind of told you guys all along. You know, like, some of you Chiefs fans have been getting on my case, like, Come on, why aren't you of the Chiefs as a playoff contender? Are you crazy? I mean, this has been a good team. Mahomes is great. You love Mahomes. What are you talking about, Williams? You talked about all their weapons. Sammy's really going to be good. I keep saying the same thing, though. I mean, if you can tell me yes to this question, then I think the Chiefs are a playoff team. Will Mahomes in 2018 be better than Alex Smith's 2017 year? I think you're crazy if you say yes. And I like Mahomes a lot more than Smith. I'm a... If... I've been called a Smith hater over and over and a Mahomes lover over and over. But Smith was in the MVP conversation last year. Will Mahomes play at that level in this year? I don't think. I mean, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch right now and an absolute roller coaster and highlights and lowlights. And I don't think their defense is very good. Um, Deputy Dog981 asks, please tell me there are some left tackles available via trade or free agency for the Browns. I am desperate. Uh, no, there are not. There aren't enough to go around the 32 teams, and the guys that are having them are locking them up, like Dwayne Brown and Jake Matthews, Tyler Lawan. Um, bad position to have a weakness. And this goes with the news today that Joel Batonio, a really good left guard, is going move the left tackle. So here's my take on the whole subject was Thomas was awesome. Joe Thomas was an awesome player and it's unfortunate he never got a chance to win anything at this level. But he he left and there wasn't a guy in the market maybe my Nate Solder that they could have went and replaced him with. And with their first two picks there wasn't a left tackle worthy of those selections either. So 
Batonio has been a very good guard for the Browns, and they paid him accordingly. He's making money. Um, he was a tackle in college, but he's kind of a smaller, short-arm guard body type. They moved him to guard, and they knew that going in, and he's been great at it. But they don't have a left tackle. Sean Coleman's basically proven that he is not. I mean, that's what this move tells me more than anything. And then they drafted Austin Corbett early in the second round. And when they drafted that guy, I basically said, isn't he the same as Batonio? You know, tackle that should be a guard. But they also he probably also was the best offensive lineman on the board at that time. So I understand just you grab a great lineman and prospect and go from there. But they really don't have their left tackle. And I guess Batonio's uh, not really happy about this move. Corbett will go to guard, make his transition probably a little easier. But my hunch is the Browns, like if I were writing their list of needs right now, team needs, left tackle would be number one. All right. Greg's Got Clarity asked me, with their offseason moves, do you think the Giants' defense will perform despite who is in their division? Okay, Obviously, tough division, brutal conference, as we just talked about before. Uh, this defense really worries me. I mean, I, I think Janoris Jenkins could snap back. I think the secondary could be pretty good. I think Landon Collins has star potential. And actually, a year ago, I picked him as my defensive player of the year um, prediction. And that didn't work out, but I still think he's a big-time playmaker. I don't know where the pass rush comes from. Like, Olivier Vernon's good, but has played so many snaps lately. And uh, he, I'm not sure he's a number one anymore. Pierre Paul's not back, although I thought that was a good trade by them. Big picture. Their defense, defensive tackles are run stuffers. That if you can't rush the passer, I think you're in for a long year on that side of the ball. And I don't think Ogletree's... You know, a massive addition. He's a good player, but I don't think he's a total superstar or anything like that. So I think the defense really holds him back. And next offseason will be dedicated to defensive players, not to mention it's a scheme change going on. FFOCD asked me Does Amir Abdullah have any value? And assuming Lions cut him loose, what's your favorite landing spot? How about the Texans? I like the Texans. Yeah, it's a real good landing spot for him. I think Abdullah would be a nice guy to pick up on the cheap right now. Um, I was never the biggest fan. I like him. Don't get me wrong. Um, I didn't love him. But his stock has dropped so much, you know, that he... I think you could probably get him for a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick. You know, this time of year, we've really seen it the last couple of years, particularly last year, some veterans that don't quite fit in after coaching changes or they draft somebody like Abdullah, they start to get shipped around the league for six-round picks. And if I'm the Texans, I'm all ears on something like that. You know, I mean, or David Johnson's backup or compete for Le'Veon Bell's backup job or the Bills. And I don't think he's a feature back, but I think he's a quality player that didn't have great blocking, didn't really find his niche, my, I guess my, my bottom line is I still think I would take a chance on him at a minimal price, bring him in, compete with the guys I got, and it might pay off. I mean, I liked him a lot coming out of Nebraska. Go Pats, you're the best. You uh, pretty much get me a Twitter question every week. I love it. 
Why is Brian Dawkins going to the Hall of Fame while Rodney Harrison looks on? Similar type of safety, except Rodney was more aggressive and made tons of plays in obscurity with the Chargers. And he didn't ask this, but I also he also high profile with the Patriots. So, uh, best enforcer safety of era before Paul Amalu Reed. Thoughts? Why is Hall of Fame tough on safeties? Well, numbers are hard to come by, and I don't disagree with anything you said there. I mean, to me, I know it's Hall of Fame night, by the way. Hall of Fame game night. Dawkins, to me, was about as borderline as you get. I mean, I, I'm not going to stand on the table that he doesn't belong. Great player. But I thought there's a lot of safeties at his level. Like, Paul Amalu Reed, to me, are clear Hall of Famers. Uh, Dawkins, Harrison, Lynch. There's a lot of those safeties that I thought were really good. If they were Hall of Famers, I wouldn't bitch and moan. But... There's more deserved guys out there, not necessarily at that position, but it is a tough position. You know, like guard, they don't rack up a ton of numbers that are, um, I'm not the same as guard, but like guard is a hard thing to, it's almost like how many Pro Bowls did you go to? Um, safety, you know, a lot of them are hard to evaluate because they're not on the screen a lot when you're watching on TV. Um, a lot of their big plays are tip ball interceptions or big hits, you know, that, that aren't necessarily consistently down in, down out great football. You know, some of them are happenstance. But I, in, in reality, I'm sort of dancing around your question because I don't have a great answer. And a lot of the stats you get from safeties are, oh, you had this many sacks, this many tackles, this many interceptions. But a lot of times the stats don't tell the whole story on those guys either, you know, that boy, he's a lot better than that. His coaches will tell you, boy, he's a lot better than that. Um, so I think Harrison probably does get in, to be in, to be honest with you. Um, but I think him and Dawkins are basically the same. And maybe I would lean towards Harrison. Hot take Higgins. Do you think larger rosters would lead to more specialization? Three kickers, punt returner, kick returner, specialists, or more depth for injuries midseason? Uh, both. I mean, no one's going to keep three kickers. I mean, maybe someone would keep a kickoff guy and a great short field goal guy with more regularity. Uh, I think he certainly would, would save. I think it's certainly strong suggestion to say that they every team might keep a returner then. Say the rosters were five spots bigger and, and make him also a gadget guy, Dante Hall types, you know, a lot of those type of guys. Um, I think you could probably, would probably keep two more core special team guys, you know, like guys that really don't help you on offense or defense, but they're great on teams. It'd be much more likely to do that. Um, maybe it'd be more likely to keep a quarterback that you really don't want seeing the field, but has a lot to work with and just truly redshirt him and you don't put him on the practice squad because you fear somebody might steal him. Um, just really sit here and eat up a spot hopefully to pay off in a huge way someday. I could see that. Absolutely everyone would have. And maybe the same with offensive linemen. I mean, maybe you do that too. Is just stash an offensive lineman, practice him hard throughout the week, don't ever dress him. Hopefully he turns into something, a lot of ability, a lot of upside. Those positions like that, especially offensive line and quarterback that, are, that don't grow on trees. Maybe you do that with a pass rusher. But, yeah, I mean, it's funny because – it's about this time of year we always start talking about who's going to be the cuts. And when I do the Steelers stuff, that's big news. Are they going to keep this guy or this guy? 
And usually in the end, it doesn't make that big a difference on the season. And rarely is the guy they kept or let go go on to have a terrific career, unfortunately. You know, and a lot of it's a numbers game. Like, boy, we got six really good corners. The seventh guy should be in the league, but we can't keep seven corners. And poor number seven, you know, doesn't have a job and doesn't get picked up, but he just went to the wrong team. So maybe you would keep that extra guy that the numbers don't make sense and because you get a couple more bonus prizes. But it's interesting. I mean, to me, why not have bigger rosters, though? You know, like, okay, how much does that cost the NFL per year to add five more guys at league minimum? And, okay, you got to get an extra two hotel rooms when you're on the road or an extra couple helmets. I mean, like, it's nothing. I mean, it's nothing for a billion-dollar operation. Why not have more players in the league, give teams more flexibility more ability to groom talent for the future. You know, every team would keep three quarterbacks. You know, you see some with two, which is scary. You know, you could easily lose two quarterbacks in the same game and have me or you playing quarterback and have no chance to win. And also, I still think everybody should be dressed for game day, too. You know, if you're injured, you don't you don't go out on the field. But why should people stand in sweats and get paid and be inactive? I think that's nuts, too. All right, guys. Um, I got a lot to do. I am heading out to Dino's Bar and Grill and doing a Steeler show from there. I was there last night, too. It's a fun spot here in Latrobe. I sang a song about that once. Um, and I will be back tomorrow to talk more football with you.